Hey there, welcome to another Tesla Motors Club podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm Doug. And I'm Mike. On today's episode, we're going to hear from Elon on when is FSD finally going to come out. Uh, there's also, we'll give some updates, our impressions of the Starship launch that happened on 420. Uh, there's news around GM and the Chevy Bolt. Uh, some updates on Tesla's 4680 battery cells and more starting episode 40, which is right now. Birds and things. Uh-huh. I good. How are you gentlemen doing today? All right. We're doing great. How are you? <laughs> High energy introduction by Lewis there. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was stellar. So. <laughs> only only been on 40 of these, right? <laughs> All righty. So with that with that wonderful introduction. Um, I would like to uh, give an introduction to a new team member onto the TMC podcast, a gentleman by the name of Seb. So I see the hat. I love the Tesla hat. He's got he's got Tesla swag ready to go. Yeah, he's um, just trying to make a good first impression. First impression, yeah. <laughs> we, we need someone that's really pro-Tesla. On hey, the I'm part of the club. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, Seb, how about you give us a brief rundown on who you are, let the folks know your Tesla background. Cool. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. My name is Seb. And yes, I am wearing the hat because if we're talking about that Cult of Elon documentary, I feel like Doug's going to throw some some shade. I got to be, uh, <laughs> be pro, pro Tesla here playing today, that role. Um, I have a 2015 P85D, so longtime Tesla owner. And yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Welcome. 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 Alrighty. So... Speaking of cult of Elon, uh, not to jump into the, <laughs> to the <laughs> we're not we're not going to jump into the doc just yet. But um, so Elon did announce in the uh, recent earnings call some news on FSD. He did. What, what are we? What are we hearing? What are we hearing, Mike? When's oh, FSD coming it's, out? It's the same. It's the same same tune. Uh, he said he he was saying if everything works out well. And, and does what should do that we should have FSD by the end of the year. He swears, pinky promise. Yeah. <laughs> and he's only done that for the past. I think it's from now. day one, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, give him props for being consistent. <laughs> consistent for the last nine years or so. But, um, but yeah, he, he seemed a little more upbeat about it this time that uh, well, we're now on single stack and it's out in general release as far as the beta goes. So he seems a bit more optimistic about his prediction. Did we have over under odds on this? What are we, what are we thinking? Doug, you think uh, FSD uh, <laughs> by the end of the know. year? I can't, no, it won't be, it won't be by the end of the year, but I will say that it's converging. It, we're, we're getting there. Um, you know, that, you know, we'll, we'll probably, we'll talk about Starship later, but there used to be a, a plot. I think, uh, who did it? Uh, um, I can't remember, but there was a plot about the uh, launching of the, uh, James Webb Space Telescope, and there was like, you know, how many years of delay, or when when do we expect to launch, and what the date is, and we saw them eventually co- converge, and and, it's much, <laughs> and that that came out years before the thing actually launched, but it very well predicted when, when it actually happened. So I, I, I we could try to make that uh, graph here, except Elon always says next year, so I, I don't know that <laughs> it's really gonna it's gonna work right, but I do feel that it's converging. Sure. Um, 
and uh, it's getting better. Uh, again, I, you know, I'm happy with, uh, with navigate on autopilot pretty much as it is in terms of how it affects my, uh, my commute, uh, knowing that I still need to pay attention and, and it, it makes, you know, driving better. Um, current FSD, you know, we'll see, uh, I haven't used the latest version yet, but you know, it's, that's been a bit of a mixed bag and part of it is me getting used to it. Uh, and you know, I still use it when I can, but, uh, you know, my passengers don't appreciate it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you been using it, Mike? You've been, you I do, I do it? use, I do use it. Um, I've been using it more and just trying to give it a fair, a fair try. You think end of the year is likely? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, in my case, it works really well on the highway. I love it on the highway. I despise it in city. Okay. Uh, it's, it, and, and to be clear, you know, I'm in kind of an older suburbia and the roads are not the best at times and, and all that, but it struggles in town. And yeah, I find it'd be more work to kind of babysit it than just drive the car in town. Gotcha. So until we, until we can work around that, I'm not convinced it's ready for prime time. See, my life is simple, right? I'm running AP one. Can't do none of that. <laughs> can't do it anyway. So, <laughs> but, but so, so Sam, you've got mobile eye then for your car, right? At mm -hmm. Autopilot one. Um, how's that working for you? you? Do you use that regularly or is it? Yeah, all the time. I mean, most okay. of my miles are highway. I'm at 60,000 now. So, you know, I don't drive the car like excessively every year, but like 12,000 miles roughly. And 80% of that is autopilot. It's, it works great. It's excellent. Yeah. See, so, last, last year, Seb, I put 22,000 on my, my Model hmm. 3. Uh, last year, I put 2,500 on my <laughs> bottomless flat. Just, just throwing it out there. I so the nice, the nice thing about Autopilot One with Mobileye is uh, there's no delay when you flick the uh, the turn signal. It just instantly changes lanes, right? Whether whether or not somebody's uh, in that lane. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a good yeah. turn. I like that. Wow, it it does check, but it, it uses the uh, the ultrasound sensor. So I don't know how reliable that really is, but it works okay, you know. Oh, so it waits till they're eight inches away, then it decides somebody's there. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, I mean, so, Seb, you're not using the, the obviously, AP1, so you're not using the FSD beta and all that, but you've obviously been following along. What do you think the likelihood of by end of this year? You think think Elon's maybe right? Well, I just want to know if the robo-taxis are coming at the end of the year, too. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, <laughs> get the robo I just want auto summon to work. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, let's be fair. We should be fair to fully qualify what Elon said. He did say... And I hesitate to say this. Yes, yes. So yes. he did qualify his own statement did, with that. He did. And then say, but I think we'll do it this year. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it's got to be comical to even him, right? Right. Uh, to look at the compilations of of him saying, uh, you know, by the end of the year, by the end of the year, by the end of next year or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm fully confident within six months. <laughs> I've seen all those sort of variations. So it's kind of funny to see. Oh, by the way, though. Uh, there is some lawsuit, right? Uh, and uh, there, there's a couple actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it was funny. There's a comment by by his lawyer that said, "Oh, um, we can't necessarily, uh, you know, accept statements that have been said in the past because they might have been deep fakes." <laughs> like well, uh, that's a stretch. Really? 
That's a stretch. Well, well my, my memory is indeed faked. I mean, I remember when he said all those right. things. He was so. on stage talking to people in the real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and in, yeah, at, at the, the D conference, uh, you know, all things digital conference or code conference, whichever one, Recode. Um, yeah, come on. These are all in front of people that, that, yeah, that's not deep. <laughs> we remember. You can't. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So. Elon says end of this year, we are all pretty much in agreement. Probably not. However, we I think we all pretty much agree it has gotten much better. It is improving. It, it's it definitely improving. getting there. They're making progress. Well, which and is awesome. as he and Elon did say, two steps forward, one step back. So even he's aware that you know this is a struggle. And he's mentioned in the past that this is significantly harder than they all originally thought it would be. So for sure. He's yeah, acknowledging I mean, the trouble. I have to say, like, I've been I've used it a fair bit, the latest one, uh, you know, 0.6, and I think it's working pretty great for me. I have had a few things where it did some questionable stuff. Um, most notably, it uh, driving in Texas, where I am in Austin, there's a lot of roads where it's like, uh, you know, four lanes, so two going each direction. And then in between, there's the double yellow line, like turn lane where you can sure. pull into. And it'll randomly decide that, hey, I need to change lanes into the turn lane <laughs> as a normal lane like i'm not turning i'm just going and it just like right. yeah it turns the blinker on and i'm like oh no what's it doing and i like, <laughs> have to you know stop it from turning so that's the only bad thing i've had uh in the last you know two weeks otherwise it's driven pretty well pretty surprisingly even in some road areas with construction and stuff where the visibility is not great the lines aren't great it's doing a pretty good job now, I, I gotta ask you, have you had a chance to drive it in any kind of inclement weather um not like well certainly not snow or anything like no. that but I, I have had it in rain a little bit though i've done some rain where it's been overcast and historically the older stuff used to just say i can't do it i can't see right. well enough right. this actually hasn't turned off it actually did work while That's it was interesting, raining a little bit and i was i was kind of impressed i expected if it gotten wor like much worse it probably would have shut off but it didn't it kept going and it worked well so the last two times I've done it in the rain here, both times it would say uh, adverse weather can't engage or something like that. And after mm -hmm. a mile, it like the camera's cleared enough where it says, oh, now I can go. Mm. You know, so I always feel like I got to be a pilot, do a pre-flight check in my car and clean all the lenses before I actually get into the car. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's going to be an ongoing issue. I'm sure they'll... Uh... We'll end up with little uh, wipers and all kinds of fancy ways of magnetic fields and things to try to <laughs> repel the water off. Right? That's right. <laughs> let, let me ask you, Lewis, uh, how would you feel, you know, when the, when the car unexpectedly decides to uh, put on the blinker and change lanes, what if it explained its rationale to you? Like It I'm, does. So it, does. It, it, it does pop up a thing that says, I'm doing this to follow the route or I'm doing this to move into a faster lane or I'm doing this to avoid a slow lane. Yeah, but it does center do divider. You're not and to and be that's there. how I know it's wrong because it literally <laughs> pops up with the rationale doing this to follow route. And I'm like, to follow the route, it's a straight, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, they do pop up a rationale and I was in those cases, it was wrong. Like the rationale was just mm. completely wrong. So um, but I mean, Hey, the voice thing, you know, you, you disengage, you pop, you hit the button, you I've explain what happened yep. and hopefully the late auto, you know, the labelers they'll go in and they'll mark it and it'll improve. So overall pretty happy with the, with the rate of improvement. 
Well, I, I will say it's been pretty consistent about failing to stay in the when you got a multi left turn, mm -hmm. you know, inside outside. In fact, we even got three turns, three lanes around here where three cars can turn left. It it seems to have issues with that because it consistently wants to drift to the far right. Mm. Even if I'm in the most inner left side, it wants to drift to the far right consistently. Gotcha. That so. sounds a little scary, but it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little, it gets the heart rate going a little nerve -wracking. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally in the turn, like it has a follow car, right? It'll mark a car gray, like a different color. Yep. And that's the lead car that is trying to follow. And so it'll try to do the path. I've noticed where that car does something stupid, the human driver like turning in a really dumb way, then my car will try to copy it. And it's just like, well, you can't really blame the car for that. <laughs> but um Right, it's a lemming, so it's just gonna follow along. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but normally it does a pretty good job. Oh well. All righty. We'll, we'll so, see what happens. He's got what eight months to uh sort see what it happens. Out. Didn't didn't we have a challenge of like what's gonna come out first, FSD or the the cyber truck? Are we still well, Cybertruck's supposed to be I, September? I think Cybertruck is <laughs> definitely looking like it's gonna win, right? Yep. Um, so we'll we'll see. All right, so Starship launch. Um, we would have talked about this uh last week, but we did not air last week. Uh, but it was really exciting. So it happened 10 days ago. 10 days ago, Starship launch. I thought it was fantastic. Doug, how was this launch <laughs> for you? I, mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, we, we did talk a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was supposed to happen the next day, right? We talked on Sunday. It right. Was scheduled to happen on, on Monday. And at that time I said, you know what? I bet, I bet <laughs> this thing is going to get delayed till Thursday so that, <laughs> so that he can launch it on 420. And that's exactly what happened. We, we uh, have the chat logs to prove this, by the way. Doug called this before the launch. He's like, they're going to scrub right. it. He's going to move yep. it to 420 because he wants to launch on 420. I, I do, I mean, this is a big, expensive, uh, you know, scientific uh, exploration endeavor. I, but I, I do think there's probably, there's probably some influence. Like, yeah, why don't we just send it, send it on 420? Like, <laughs> like, was it, was there any reason to pause? Like, mm, yeah, let's just send it. Uh, and they did. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was pretty spectacular. I thought it was great. Uh it, to yeah. be fair, it almost didn't go off on 420, right? They did hold the launch 40 Briefly. seconds out. Briefly. Well, that's just more evidence, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, ah, let's just send it. <laughs> um, yeah, it but, yeah, the, the, the video is impressive as hell, you have to admit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> SpaceX does this better than anybody else, uh, and I really wish the rest of the industry would, would catch up in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of the the cameras that are available actually on the uh on the vehicle and yep. the coverage uh you know i think they do a great job uh even you know just test this was just a test uh a lot of companies would would hide these tests you know or wouldn't make them so public uh, especially when they expect it to blow up you know <laughs> the only goal here was clearing the the launch tower so that they Which didn't, it did spectacularly. Yeah, so that they didn't blow up the chopsticks and all that, uh, you know, expensive infrastructure there. Though it did uh, blow up the pad. Uh, oh man, sort of, the, the pad took a beating, including a couple cars nearby. <laughs> yeah, and I have to think they they didn't they knew expect it was going to happen. I mean, but they there was plenty of evidence and plenty plenty of people expected it. This was going to happen, and and you need like either a deluge system or a flame trench or something, and and uh, 
And Elon a few years ago said, yeah, we're going to try not to <laughs> try to get away without having that. Uh, you know, there's the, no the argument uh, being on Mars. Right. They won't have it on the moon. They won't have it. So they should see what happens without it. Right. That's fair. argument. Right. Right. And well, so, Doug, you know so much more about this than me, but honestly, okay. my initial thought was, are they doing this on purpose? Because they're thinking the thing's going to blow up. So why would you do anything to the launch pad to protect it? But I think you you didn't think that was accurate. Well, I mean, there's there's some there's something to that. I mean, they knew they they had a plan to have some sort of daily system. There was a plan to install uh, like a water cooled steel plate uh, and why excavate it uh, excavate it when uh when the rocket can do it for them uh so <laughs> i suppose uh instead of uh having to dismantle stuff they just rebuild uh you know you can make that argument i don't know that they that they had that plan but overall i thought it was a very spe spectacular launch um i'd say that the most concerning thing for me would be that um that the flight termination system didn't work uh as expected, uh, you know, we, if you watch the, the video at some point, they, they lose thrust vector control. It does. And dilute. <laughs> dude, it does like four. It's like two. Yeah. It, yeah. To be fair, it was supposed to do half one. Of one. It was one. supposed to do like half of one, <laughs> but you're right. It kept, it kept going. Right. And so I'm watching it like, how have they not blown this thing up yet? Um, and in reviewing and, and, you know, in the, in the, in the days since it happened, uh, it turns out the automatic flight termination system did actually engage, but it just wasn't sufficient enough to, to blow up the thing. Uh, so the, the structural <laughs> integrity of the uh, of the rocket was was better than expected. And uh, and if you actually if you can see actually in the video right now, you you sort of see some some gas coming out the side of the the mm -hmm. the body of the thing. That's actually holes punctured in from these. Uh, little shaped charges for the, the flight termination system. And they, they blow holes in the tanks, but the tanks still had so, enough pressure in them that they maintained uh, integrity for another like 50 seconds or so. Which is uh, impressive so, given the G forces on that thing. <laughs> it's impressive. I, I think, um, you know, what we'll, they'll have to do. And often the, the flight termination system is uh, it's described as unzipping the thing. They'll have a, a full sort of line of a shaped charge that will span between the, the fuel and the oxidizer tank. So instead of just a little, a single hole being blown into, it'll be a whole line that the whole thing just unzips itself. And they'll probably have to move to, to something, a more aggressive flight termination system like that. Because really, as soon as the thing deviates from the planned path, it, you, need it to, you need it to blow up so that it's not going to go on some populated area or some other you know protected area um i mean they have a whole uh keep out zone over the water but uh so you got to make sure all the debris or anything that that happens to fall from the sky ends up in in that area not uh on top of somebody's house um like they do in china you know <laughs> where the where the, the first stage will just drop on somebody's house with uh Oops. with hydrazine in it and uh, <laughs> So anyway, and fortunately, you know, this, this, this thing, it's, yeah, it's methane and, and oxygen and, you know, nothing particularly toxic, you know, things that will burn or evaporate. Yeah. Relatively you know, the only toxic thing is how many, how many pounds of it's going to hit you. 
and how cold it is. <laughs> yeah, what is the toxicity of either a uh, uh, an aluminum uh, <laughs> rocket, rocket landing on, your head on you, <laughs> or or a chunk of concrete blasted from the uh, from the launch pad? Well, so. and you gotta admit, I mean, speaking to that, if you look at the pictures from the pad, it's impressive what that rocket engine removed, you know, from the pad. I mean, concrete, dirt, stone, just about everything. Hit the tanks on the side. Hit the hit the guy's car that was videoing, I don't know, some thousand yards away. <laughs> yeah, it was it was exciting. Um, so that you know, there has been uh, a bit of discussion about oh, you know, the thing blew up. Uh, you know, how's that a success? Uh, I it just well, you know, it cleared the pad. That was what they wanted. It cleared yeah. the pad, and it's just important to point out that this is a very different program than say SLS. Uh, Whereas True. if that had blown up, that would have been a big deal, would have possibly been the end of the program. Um, you know, legacy space often is uh, you design and test the heck out of the thing and uh, you expect it to work on the first try. Where this is very much, uh, SpaceX has taken a very iterative approach, iterative approach uh, to it. And uh, I mean, they already have other boosters and other uh you know ships that are have new and different things uh instead of using hydraulics they're using electric motors for the for the thrust vectoring um you know lots of little improvements have already happened uh so you know it, it's gonna take it's them longer to, to rebuild the pad than it is to have another one ready to go <laughs> i think we we talked about this last time did it, did it make sense <laughs> to blow up the pad but uh Anyway, I think I think you know they're making progress and they're doing more than anybody else, as far as I can tell, and they're doing it uh, in and front of well. the world. I mean, right? Yep. I mean, the Falcons are are amazing to watch. I mean, and they've been very reliable. Yeah, I so, watch everyone I can, and mm -hmm. I'm still blown away every time that thing lands. You know, every it's other incredible. every other uh, company said it wasn't possible or it wasn't worth doing. Yeah. You know? I, what what's I, I think. The last he most heavily used Falcon was eight landings before they finally called the quits on it. Oh, it it landed double digits though, right? I think was it? Well, they had one in particular. They they were they they threw away. They said, "Well, we had like eight launches out of it, and we're going to use it for something else." But uh, that's impressive. Even one relanding, one reuse is impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was something else. I, I, you know, interestingly today, and it's been delayed a few days. So it might not actually happen today, but there's a Falcon Heavy launch, uh, maybe a couple hours after we finish today, and uh, that is unique in that it's it's going fully expendable. So they don't have the grid fins on it. They don't have the landing legs, uh, and that's a rare thing. It's just that they uh, the customer needs that extra performance. Um, but it's amazing that uh, the level of reuse that we have, and, and that's the goal of Starship too, is to have, uh, you know, to be pretty much fully reusable. Uh, whereas uh, Falcon 9 is, you know, I don't know, what do you want to say, 70% reusable? They, they don't recover the second stage. But uh, other than that, they, uh, you know, they, they land and refurbish and, and launch again. It's, uh, it's quite impressive. And it's, it's nice to feel like, okay, we're, we're kind of in the future. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. We're getting there. We're, yeah, we're rockets getting there. are almost like airplanes, right? When Starship and all that is going, it'll almost like airplanes, but not quite yet. Um, alrighty, so that's awesome. Uh, I I agree. I think it's a success. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know why they get so much flack. I guess it's the Elon haters, but. Uh, yeah, and you saw quite a bit of that, you know. Oh, his, you know, little man's rocket blew up, you know. Okay, you, yeah. you guys clearly don't know what you're talking about. Uh, right. You know, and you can criticize Elon. He's, he's, uh, he's uh, you know, there's plenty of valid criticism to go around, but uh, uh, I think SpaceX is doing a great job, so. Definitely one of the areas least <laughs> to be least critical of him <laughs> on. Um, all right. So moving on. Uh, so we've got some Model S and X supercharger news. Uh, Tesla seems to really be pushing <laughs> this this incentive. <laughs> so, Seb, how about you uh, hit us with the details on this one? Yeah, it's an interesting incentive that quite honestly has me a little bit puzzled because Tesla has been trying different versions of this starting in December of last year, where they offered owners of the older generation cars like mine, a $3,000 incentive initially. So if you wanted to trade the car in, they would give you an extra little amount of cash. And now the latest incentive is if you trade in a, an eligible vehicle that still has unlimited supercharging, like my old 2015, you can then get six years of unlimited supercharging, unlimited in quotes, for a new Model S or X if you want to trade in the old vehicle. And so, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the show, and I think What's surprising to me is that the amount of Model S's and X's that get sold out of all the cars is so small. What is it, like 10000 a quarter, 20000 a quarter? Right. That I didn't feel like Tesla was trying to get these things sold that desperately. I get it at the end of quarter and end of year because they want to you know, improve the numbers, but they've really started accosting me. Like they're getting pretty aggressive. Like at, Chris <laughs> at Christmas, um, some girl called and they're always like really young and like super positive. She was probably right out of college. And she's like, Hey, how about you get a new car? And I'm like, Hey, do you know how about how you much give me some money? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I bought mine used. Right. So they're still expensive even after the price cuts. But I was like, do you know how much these things cost? Like, I'm not just going to buy a new one because, you know, you're giving me something that's not even as good as I, what I have on my current car. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting. But, Lewis, you made a good point, which is I think for a lot of first EV buyers, this supercharging seems so essential to the EV experience because you feel like you would use it all the time. And truth be told, I've probably supercharged 10 times since I've bought the car. And, you know, Lewis, you have solar, I think, right? So right. you can just charge it at home, which is much more yeah. convenient. Free at home, unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's interesting how they're, they're really just trying to get them off the road. Uh, I think, and it was funny when the, when the Model S first came out and how, uh, well, when supercharging first came out and it was free uh, for life, right? Free, unlimited for life. Uh, and there are a couple other little things that they added in there that didn't quite happen. Like, oh, there are going to be solar panels at each one also. So it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, carbon neutral, you're charging. Uh, and also there's supposed to be, supposed to be Wi-Fi available too. I, I haven't quite seen those yet. But um, uh, it, it's funny how, I, I wonder what, uh, currently, what a burden that is on the supercharger system in terms of uh, either blocking when at, at busy superchargers or the cost to Tesla 
I, I can't imagine like they're still like a relatively small number so but they seem to have a real reason to to want you to to end your your lifetime supercharging right yeah it makes you it makes you wonder if they have some sort of reason to move them off the balance sheet but i i think they just want to sell more new vehicles honestly that's that's my take on it and they're just trying different avenues to get people to consider trading their cars in but i love my car i mean the thing's gonna probably run for another couple of years i'm hoping um so we'll see well it, i think it's true that their best customers are existing customers right um and so, yeah, there may be something to that. And if you've had a car for a while, you're, you're probably a, a hot lead or whatever, right? Sales lead in terms of uh, <laughs> trying to convert you to getting more money out of you. And also right. a new car these days, there's more um, subscription type stuff available, right? Yeah. So that they can get uh, continuing revenue from you, whether or not you pay for uh well, or you could pay 15k for FSD up front, or or pay their their uh, two hundred dollars, which one ninety nine, uh, yeah, one ninety nine <laughs> a month. Then there's also con uh, connectivity fees. I'm paying for that right now, the mm -hmm. ten bucks a month for premium connectivity, just because I like to have a satellite map. Uh, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, so I guess I guess there's there's that. So trying to make sales. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that this trend continues. We're in years when they're on hardware five hardware six whatever they give me some incentive to trade in my car to buy a new one right it's like yeah give me some extra money i have one already it's not worth it to me like i'm not going to sell my car and buy a hardware four it's like it's not worth it um and you're not going to let me upgrade it but you know eventually i would if you throw me a little bit of extra towards what i paid for fsd oh that's that's interesting so just uh as uh instead of supercharging being free, which you could argue that you paid up front when you bought the car, uh, and now they're converting those to people paying as they go. <laughs> you could uh, try to get the the people that paid up front for FSD to convert right. to uh, some subscription, subscription. model. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's you know it's it's a likely avenue to transition to, but love to see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> except except that as we said, you know, you, the the value proposition needs to be there, uh, right. and. It just isn't isn't quite there right now. So, for sure. But that would be something, right? To get something, right? Something instead of rebuying every time uh, to have some some yeah. sort of uh, carryover uh, trade-in program or something. Give me a discount, or, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that would be awesome. So, speaking of incentives and demand and all that stuff, we do have a question uh, from chat. Maybe we should we could address now. Um, James Malone says, "What's up with demand?" Uh, it looks like some it's Troy. It's Troy Tesla-like. It's a a, oh. a guy that's on TMC and also okay. he's a Twitter poster that tends okay. to put a lot of uh, uh, graphs and things about uh, stock related stuff with Tesla. Gotcha. Okay, so Troy, I'm just gonna call him Troy. <laughs> yep. Says, uh, you know, he's reporting five days of closure at Giga Shanghai, um, and yeah, there's a Chinese holiday during that period of time, but the Chinese holiday is only three days. So they're kind of extending the closure for no production. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible that it has to do with demand uh, potential issues. I don't know. What do, what do you think, Mike? Have you do you think demand's been slowing down? Um, from what I've seen around here, it's definitely gotten softer. Uh, the prices have gotten softer here. Demand has gotten softer. Uh, there's more competitors available. Um, I see some pretty aggressive marketing from some of the other 
EV companies uh, locally, you know, dealers are running ads, this type of thing. Well, that's so. the the argument that the the stock bros are making, or some of them are making, is that uh, Tesla should be doing some marketing instead of dropping the prices. Yeah, you could argue either way. Uh, but but I'll tell you, I mean, you know, when I talk to people, everybody in the world that I talk to knows Tesla. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. They know it. You know, sure. which is not and true for some of the other companies. Even <laughs> even, even other companies advertising uh, promotes Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, that, yeah. that was shown yeah. at the Super We're Bowl, better right? than Tesla. Yeah. We're paying millions of dollars for Super Bowl ads. And then if you look at the Google Analytics, it's like uh, Tesla becomes a higher search term. Yeah. So, yeah. So. It's like uh, Tesla is like the Kleenex of electric cars, right? But yeah, you know, <laughs> or the Xerox, or I, I will say this: I, I looked a couple days ago, Lewis, and the prices of the um, prior owned Teslas from Tesla's site have not gone down. They've they've they flattened out, but they have they're not as low as they were in early January when mm. I bought mine. They haven't done that dip again. So either they're trying to keep the price is up even with a reduced demand or there just literally isn't a demand enough of a demand yeah and i thought it was interesting they did recently raise the prices on model s's and model s and x, x. s and x so, went up a bit so how about where you're on the east coast seb right so how, how are you seeing things there you you think demand for tesla is still hot in, on the east coast i know california you know mike says it's a little softer <sighs> I mean, just based on observations, I think it's hard to tell, but I just read an article last week. I think I might get this wrong, but it was the CEO of, of a major car company. I think it was Ford. And that person claimed that Tesla's designs are getting commoditized because they haven't changed them yeah, in a while. That was Ford. Okay, thank you. And so, you know, it's just interesting because these design refreshes every year, every couple of years. To me, that's something the legacy automakers have always had to do to generate new demand, right? Because people got fatigue right. or they new, would go to a different brand. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as Tesla is selling cars, it seems to me the designs are working just fine, you know? And I know we got the, the Model 3 refresh coming up, but to me, it seems like demand is still strong, you know? I, but, I'm not an... You know, Seb, where, where, they re where Tesla really shines on that refresh isn't the outside. Right. It's the inside. Mm -hmm. It's features. I, I mean, it's like the Gigapress and the 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 one casting they're using for the Model Ys in the rear and the front now. All these all these production improvements to the car that don't show. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really where they put most of their effort. Mike, I yep. would say it's it's twofold. One is, uh, for one thing, they don't wait for model years to make any changes. True. Right? It's their incremental all weekly. Right? They just slipstream it. Right. And so. Uh, a lot of those are manufacturing related type things, but some of those are also just like features, making the thing better. Yeah. Uh, and it's general. <laughs> yeah. And we're getting, well, they also take away stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like your ultrasonics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, not just that. Like I, I noticed on my friend's uh, Model Y, like there's no auto dimming of the side mirrors or of the rear view mirror. I'm like, oh, oh really? That's a nice feature. Like why oh, doesn't it shame. do that? Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, but things are coming and going, but, you know, also just the, the software updates, like we're getting new functionality. Uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty cool. So the car as an owner is always feeling pretty fresh. fresh uh, yeah. And especially with the FSD beta, it's like, oh, here's a new thing. Oh, I can, you know, I can 
freak out my passengers by making fart sounds or whatever. You know? <laughs> now I can do it remotely from the app. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I, I think I think being a slave to the 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 styling is is uh, that's kind of old school. I I'm I'm happy as long as it it drives. It, it, it's sort of a, a funny aside. Like I've I've been on the West Coast for a little bit, and while I'm here, I've been driving a a 2013 uh model s and so you know they still have those car. that's still yeah. run. <laughs> it's an it's an how many battery car. swaps pack swaps is ahead you know i don't know uh, i tell you a funny thing about it is that the uh the motor has this wine and you know the cars of that era there was a design flaw in the in the transaxle so and this car doesn't have that many miles on it so i'm a little nervous that that it's going to fail while I'm driving it, you know, <laughs> but uh, it has this, and then if you go, if you accelerate enough, there's even a whistle like at the top there. Um, but right. it's so fun. It's so fun to drive. Uh, and it doesn't have, doesn't have autopilot at all. doesn't have, you know, many of the bells and whistles, but it's still a joy to drive, especially, you know, when you need to pass somebody and it just goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I don't know. I, I, a car like that, I feel like even without the features, I could drive forever. Um, and and with my own Model Three, I'm you know constantly uh, impressed with it. And then also with even like the FSD Beta, even if it's not up to uh, you know what we'd really want for self driving, it's still fun and interesting to get the download to ter- put in the update and then to try it out and see what's changed. Absolutely. Or or even just things like um, user interface changes or increasing usability making some fonts a little bigger or whatever that's cool you know yeah. so uh well, i I, mean, I don't I mean i don't feel that, the need for it to look different i mean that alone is it's heads and shoulders over what other manufacturers are doing i mean right look at volkswagen you know their id4 the software is just garbage you know mm-hmm. they just can't seem to figure out how to do software you know i was <laughs> uh traveling maybe last year and i saw that car for the first time i think it was in the uk somewhere i'm like oh that that looks kind of cool. It's not it looks bad like looking. A cool car, and, yeah. and the interior looks, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks. It, looks pretty it's not cool. bad on the inside. You know, we sat and drove one around, but the software just isn't there. And that seems to be uh, an issue with everybody. I mean, you hear things about Lucid having bad software or slow software. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I heard the on. slow. Uh, so I don't know. I think Rivian got it right. Job. You think so? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. Rivian at least to me, seems like has copied closest from Tesla. Mm-hmm. Not to say they've, you know, st- stolen the designs or anything, but no, I think but they've followed the playbook very closely. If you mm-hmm. see what works, it makes sense to follow it, you know? Yep. Yep. I, yeah, I they, mean, they I, also... I, think, I, I was going to say, I think Volkswagen and Ford and some of the others literally looked and saw what worked and said, nope, we can do it better. <laughs> and yeah. maybe not. <laughs> Well, I was I was going to say that Rivian also followed the playbook by raising the prices uh, <laughs> after after people already paid deposits. But <laughs> that's funny. But that's an old story that you have to be a, a really old veteran to even know what that's referring. But I, I thought they backtracked on that after some. Oh pressure. yeah, they did. They did. Give me flashbacks. This is like twenty episodes ago. We talked. Well, but see, I mean, and just like we we're talking in the pre-show, the you know Cadillac did that. They've actually done that. You know, they took the reservations and they said, "Sorry, reservation can't can't be can't be fulfilled. You now have to reapply for a 2024." By the way, we've changed the price. By the way, we've changed the feature set. And by the way, the dealer sets the final price. Did you, you get know. your deposit back? Not yet. 
How much was the deposit? Hundred bucks. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but but they asked me why. So so you can't just cancel your reservation on the app like you can with Tesla. You have to call their concierge service, and mm-hmm. you have to talk to a person. And they said, well, why are you canceling? I said, well, because you didn't deliver, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. No, by the way, I bought a second Tesla. And that was like the end of the conversation right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like trying to cancel cable companies and you're just finally like, look, I have fiber. And then they're like, oh, and they just yeah. give up. They, they, they give know up. they're not winning that argument. Right. <laughs> oh, right on. So lots of interesting things there. All right, so... Moving on, speaking of legacy, I guess legacy auto company, automakers, as we were just discussing, uh, big news at a GM. They're axing the bolt. Oh, what is this? What, what a heck? dumb thing to do. What a dumb decision. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Seb, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? What are you, what are you feeling? Can you believe it? Are you shocked? <laughs> I, I, I'm not as shocked as you guys, so I'm going to let you guys go first, I think. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I'll, I'll say that um, I was impressed with the Bolt when it came out. I thought this was a perfectly fine uh, utility car, a nice get-around car, relatively low price. Um, and I liked the, um, the way they managed the higher-end features, like the, the bird's-eye view type stuff. And it had a like this sort of a, a display in the uh, in the rearview mirror, so it, it kind of when you used it, it kind of felt like you were looking through your rear passengers, right? As <laughs> you look in the mirror and you see see behind you without the people behind you, it's kind of kind of neat. Um, and that was a, a great little car. Uh, you know, I didn't really want it because it had the front wheel drive, and you know, I'm I want performance like you step on the accelerator and you just end up getting the wheel squeaking a little bit <laughs> because it's in the I mean it's a GM I mean what are you, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. What are you gonna do this? <laughs> but I thought it was a fine car and I'm like I, I really don't understand them uh because they a couple years back uh canceled the Volt with a V yeah that was uh, which hybrid. I thought which I thought was an excellent introductory car to people to using EVs it was you know, if you're only going to have one car, what a great car to have, right? Uh, you, your daily commute is all electric. You know, you got a, a useful range of $50, not a, I'm sorry, 50 miles. $50. <laughs> a $50 range. No, if a useful range of 50 miles. <laughs> as opposed to um, like the Prius, which was doing something like ridiculous, like 10 or 15 three. or something. <laughs> and um, so I thought that was a great car. And the second version of the Volt, uh, was you know I, the first one i thought was a little bit too plasticky and just kind of lame uh and the second version was an improvement and every at every point was an improvement the interior is better the driving uh, experience was better the interface was better um uh, in terms of like the the infotainment system and i don't know why they killed that either um Again, I don't think they should have killed the EV1 <laughs> back in yeah, uh, no kidding. back in the late 90s or whatever, early 2000s. So uh, I don't quite understand what's going on with them. They talked about a bunch of new EVs coming out, but okay, but you have these you have these guys that work, right? <laughs> why, why would you kill these? <laughs> so, Doug just killed his mic. <laughs> yeah, I just liked my mic. Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't it's you guys excited. feel like it's getting excited there? Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys maybe feel like it's it's played its part and kind of accelerating the transition? Because it used to be that Tesla was the only game in town, right? And then you had 
a, a, a couple of proper efforts by the legacy automakers to have a different alternative pr come proper to market. Efforts? Proper efforts? Yeah, did I you know, did I mishear you? Well, you know, it was, let's say a fight, first fight, 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 first I'm effort. Sorry. Let's say a first effort, right? Because uh, to me, right now we're kind of moving toward the this new era of the Silverado EV. To me, it looks really cool, right? Yeah, we got the electric yeah, trucks coming dollars. out. Yeah, it's expensive. That's true. So I guess if we're just talking affordability, do we feel like that car is so, going to be so like missed my, because of that reason? I do. And, and and my my glasses are a little colored on this. You know, I've got three kids of driving age, you know, one in college, one will start college uh, this fall and another is not too far behind. And getting an $80,000 EV or even a $40,000 EV is really tough, you know, for a college kid. Whereas the Bolt, with the especially with the rebates right now, you can buy a brand new bolt for about 20k you hmm. know, if you shop around. That's within the realm of possibility for a college student, you know, with mom and dad helping a little bit. That's how much my first car cost 20 grand. Yeah, I mean, like and, and and like Doug is saying, it's a great little car. I mean, is it a Cadillac or a Tesla? No, but it's not intended to be. It gets you around town and lets you go up see your friends, you know, take a road trip or so and have a good time. Three years you move up. You know, it's a great entry level EV and we just don't have that many of them. I, I guess the issue, I mean, it must be on some level, the profitability at the profitability for, uh, for GM and uh, maybe they couldn't sell it at the, at the price they wanted. I know in the, in the interim there, like things like the Fiat 500, I believe Chrysler was losing money on every one of those they well, sold. Chrysler um, loses money no matter what they do. Uh, well, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and if GM is now focusing more on trucks and large vehicles, then that's what people in this country tend to want. Uh, and then maybe they can get a larger profit margin on those things. Oh, uh, so we're going to use all the bolt batteries and the Hummers. Got it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I guess. I, um, but it, it is kind of sad. I think I think the the Bolt was a, a good car, and uh, particularly the the Volt losing the Volt, I. I just didn't really get that, except that maybe that was also expensive, maybe expensive to service. It's kind of a complicated how, how, system. How much was the Volt? Uh, do you remember? Are we talking like 50? Really? I think so. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but when I looked at it, it, it seemed um, reasonable. The 2019 Chevy Volt started at 35000 Yeah. Wow. Yeah, change. That's yeah. cheap. Yeah. So, yeah. So... I mean, I wonder, honestly, I'm wondering how much of this was more of looking forward. You're right. You're probably right that they couldn't really be as profitable as they wanted to be because as Tesla lowers their prices, they had to, you know what I mean? Like people, the the equation becomes less in their favor of they can't really raise their prices and make more money off of it. And now with Tesla shooting, you know, basically going to have a rumored so all model this is rumored, two. new, cheap, cheaper car, possibly model two, two. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the model two, um, that maybe they're just like throwing in the towel early. Yeah, right? that would be my thought. We're, you know, we might as well pivot now because we're not going to be able to win this game. Because, you know, Tesla has better margins than any other car company out there. Yep. And they're only doing EVs and everyone else, their margins are the worst on EVs. So... You know, yeah, that's a really good point. I wonder how much that was a factor. And then, Mike, I think you actually do bring up a good point because I've been a, a proponent of buying used Teslas for a really long time. Mine's used. I have a lot of yeah. pre-owned things. Both, I just, both of I mine like, are used. I, I, I'm just a fan of buying things pre-owned. And so 
I think a Model S, you can probably pick up relatively cheap now if you get an old one, but it doesn't have <laughs> warranty, like a really old one, right? I mean, mine's almost 10 years old, Sure, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have warranty. So if you have the option of buying something like a Bolt at a reasonable price and it's new, that is With a nice warranty. value proposition. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's disappointing because <laughs> 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 we need more more of those, and and yeah, Tesla's talking about doing that. You know, there's a there's an argument to be made that Tesla should just stay high end uh, as opposed to uh, having to. That would be my preference. I like I want them to be a luxury brand, but they don't want to build luxury cars because, as I've said before, even the S and X are not luxury cars. They're awesome pieces of technology, but they just don't match up from a luxury standpoint of other cars and luxury. So they're not. I want them to be, but they don't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But they don't seem to want to be. They want to be the utility utilitarian, like every man car, like mass market. And like I like I've said in the past, if you're going to have Toyota prices, you need to have Toyota service because Mm. uh, I mean you'll have people that have you know nice high end vehicles and they're used to. it taking a while to get service like they have another car or whatever because they're in that income bracket you, the person that has the one car that is you know <laughs> is uh cheaper they still expect uh, good service and things to be taken care of and and tesla i you know really needs to scale their service in a way to uh to make that experience uh reasonable for for folks that you know aren't going to be as forgiving as as a lot of the early adopters are do you, do you think they might ever outsource their service no, <laughs> I, I mean, they, I, I'm they just are, asking the question, they, you know, <laughs> they outsource in a way. I mean, they, they have a, you know, sort of certified body shops, that kind of thing. So I that's thought a, they gave could, up on that. No, that's a thing. So if you, if your car gets in a, in an accident, uh, but those body shops are still waiting for parts. So, um, right. so in a way they've, they've outsourced that bit. Um, Tesla very much likes to be vertically integrated, though. So, um, you know, I I don't really see it. But, you know, that that sort of service type stuff that takes people interacting with people uh, that doesn't seem to be as important to them. Uh, So I don't know. They really I think they really need to invest in that and spend more money on 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 service. And, you know, they they claim uh, and I think it's mostly true that. their cars are pretty low maintenance and that that's true. But when something goes wrong, particularly getting in an accident, uh, (laughs) you know, you need, you need your car taken care of. I need to, you need need parts. Uh, so, and that, and at least from what I've seen on the forum over years, when the model S first came out, service was amazing. Uh, Mm -hmm. everyone was really happy with service. Uh, and in fact, you know, statements Elon has made in the past was, uh, you something's wrong with the car, you drop it off, you'll get a, a loaner car, and that loaner car will be the best version. I did it again. I hit my mic again. <laughs> I'll just sit back a little bit. That car, that car will be the best version that Tesla has to offer, right? Like if you have your, you know, you have your Model S and you'll get like the whatever it is, probably the P100D or whatever at the time, and it'll be the best car. And if you wanted, you could just keep that car. <laughs> and so nowadays, they barely have enough loaners. Uh, you're lucky if you can argue, then they'll they'll give you some uh, 
some Uber credits. I was going to say, um, I, I went home last time in a Prius with Uber. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't even get to test drive a Model S before I bought my Plaid, right? Like there were, right. there were no Model S's to test drive, let alone loaners. Right. So the, the service experience has gotten worse. I, I've noticed that to get at least my personal experience, it's gotten a little bit better as uh, they have made a few new uh, like service centers that were like one was sort of closer to where I was. Okay. This is a little better. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll say this. So the last three times I've called the uh, mobile ranger, their mobile service technician out, instead of taking two weeks, it's down to about a two or three day wait. So I don't know if they've got more of them or there's just less people using them, but either way I've gotten better service out of it. So I'll, I'll call that a win. Yeah, so there are pluses and minuses, but uh, to to bring us back, if they're going to do a low end car, they that means they'll sell more cars. That means the stuff really needs to scale. Yeah, um, and, yeah absolutely. Uh, and I guess they'll invest more in making sure nothing goes wrong with these cars. And I suppose they can also do uh, remote diagnostics and all that other thing. So I got to say though, their pioneering of mobile service is mm. probably a reason alone for me to buy another Tesla at some point in the future. The convenience of that. As long as they keep it up. Right. I mean, yeah. And you know, what's, what's funny about that is that's born out of necessity. Uh, that <laughs> right. came out when they, when they first launched the Roadster, you know, you have people with Roadsters all over the world. Well, let's say, let's just start with the U S right. All over the U S but they're pr- fairly concentrated in like the Bay area and Seattle back then but you had some people in texas people in other places uh some people in hawaii right and uh at that time they had only two service centers one in la and one in uh one in the bay area and uh so yeah they no, needed to send the, somebody the factory is not a service center i don't care what they say <laughs> no, no, it was it was a it was a service so this wasn't the factory this was before the factory i'm talking about in the early roadster days oh oh with the tent all right yeah <laughs> this was this was just uh and it wasn't even it was a tent it was a a uh it was a, a chevy used to be a chevy dealership was that the chevy uh, dealer the original that's where they were putting the cars together pretty much uh the bodies came from from england and they put the engine and the, they put the motor and the battery pack uh there but so anyway they had if they needed service and those cars needed things fixed on them periodically <laughs> like the 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 trunk wouldn't close or the the little lim- little switches and the door wouldn't work I and they'd have that. to fly somebody I, me- I remember talking to bob sexton they had to fly him out to hawaii to fix somebody's car or whatever and <laughs> So it needed, they needed to be mobile then because they didn't have uh, service centers yet. And, uh, and I, I think it's a good, uh, a good way to do things, particularly since a lot of stuff can just be fixed in a, in a parking, in a parking lot or sure. in a driveway. Well, um, I've got a guy coming out Tuesday to fix the driver door handle on my car because it, it doesn't want to close every time when you open it. I mean, why, why take my car to a dealer for an entire day for something that's going to take him 30 minutes to fix? I mean, that's silly. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to, we're going to wrap, we're going to move, <laughs> we'll move on to more topics. <laughs> we, we could talk about this all day, obviously. We could, we could. Um, all right. So uh, there was an update that came out uh, in the earnings call on the Tesla 4680 battery cells, um, which personally I find interesting uh, because it was a big deal on battery day. What was that? A year ago? I don't even remember. Something like that. Something like that. This was a while ago, um, but they finally gave us an update on how the manufacturing is going, what some of those numbers look like. Uh, who, wa- who wants to talk about this? Doug? 
<laughs> me? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I can talk about it. I don't, yeah. I don't mind. All right. Yeah. Why, why don't you talk about? Okay. It? So, uh, you know, forty six eighties. Uh, that was the, all the rage. They're you know manufacture them in Texas. Uh, there's Model Ys that have them. Right for those that remember. Um. Anyway, so the big, big, the big news that came out this point is not really technical. It's purely, you know, the stock bros maybe will care because it's all about you know capital expenditure costs <laughs> and efficiency and ramp up time and all that kind of stuff. But basically, um, what they've uh, claimed is that they're partway through, so partway through hitting seventy percent lower capex per gigawatt hour than a typical uh, cell factory. So that'll be a big deal when they get there. Uh, to me, I'm always skeptical when people say, yeah, we're almost, you know, we're working towards this goal. And it's just like, doesn't mean you're going to hit the goal just because you're working towards it, but we'll see. Uh, but they say, they seem to say they're on the r- roadmap for that. The thing I found more interesting is that they actually have, they say they're on a second generation design of their tablet cells. So the 4680 back in the day, all the news was around, oh, it's tablets, blah, blah, blah. It's more efficient in the design, less energy loss, which basically means you're able, it's cheaper to manufacture and you're able to get better range out of the number of cells that you have. Um, and it's also more efficient for recharge and you know, cycles. Anyway, so um, they have a better uh, design for it now that's easier to manufacture because I know they were struggling with manufacturing it for a while, um, but they seem to say they have a better version. Um, the other interesting thing is the cathode material. So um Basically, uh, Tesla is has a facility set up in Austin that they're building out to essentially build the cathodes or to make the cathodes themselves in-house. Uh, they have a better process um, and their production, they said it's 50% of the equipment and 75% of the utilities are installed in the building. So they're getting close, you know, they're getting there. They're over halfway done with setting up the facility to manufacture the cathodes for the battery cells. Um, in Austin, which will obviously help with the production of the battery cells. Um, and uh, so that was interesting. Uh, and the other news was uh, their Corpus Christi lithium refinery is breaking ground uh, next month. So in a couple of days, uh, you know, in, in May, um, it'll be breaking down soon or breaking ground soon, not breaking down, breaking ground. <laughs> um, it's, been a, it's been a long podcast. No. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, so that'll be exciting to see. Um Basically, uh, you know, uh, Tesla wants to, they're worried about supply chain. They're worried about, can they get enough materials for their batteries? Um, so they're, they're building their own facility to do some of the refining, take some of that raw material, refine it into the grade that they need to vertical integration, cells. vertical integration, right? That there whole Tesla, Tesla thing to make the stock <clears throat> price go up. So anyway, so that's the news. Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, professor. I- I'd be interested uh, if they could really increase the uh, the energy density uh, on those cells. Um, you know, when when the cells first came out, people were talking about, oh, it's got you know 1.5 percent, you know, uh, 1.5 times as much capacity. And I'm like, well, that's as much more volume you have per cell. So it's not like, uh, right, you know, that, so um, <laughs> that's not that's not impressive yet. Uh, so you know, uh, but I, I think it's it's I'm glad that they're actually doing this kind of work right uh it, again as part of that vertical vertical integration um, like gm are they are they designing battery cells you know <laughs> right all right are they working i don't on believe that kind of so stuff? but, but right. maybe <laughs> but i don't think so they yeah, should no. be right uh, they should yeah. be i don't um, know 
Mike's like saying the maybe they shouldn't be based on what he's seen them <laughs> design. So. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things. I think Tesla, their big edges out of compare to their competition is basically software, right? Their charging network, and then their ability to manufacture more effectively, like basically having better margins. Um, and a big part of that, I think, is their vertical integration and their their superior battery access, right? Like other manufacturers don't put as many batteries into their cars. And I think part of that is they can't. <laughs> right. Well, um, well, and, and you've got a valid point because, you know, some of the bigger players have got some of the worst efficiency ratings out of their cars, even though they've got bigger packs and yeah, they just can't seem to squeeze the power out of it that Tesla gets. You know, for a variety of reasons. Well, and, and that that's uh, that shows the the benefit of that vertical integration, right? It's it's real systems engineering that you can work, you know, top to bottom <laughs> and optimize everything instead of having a bunch of contractors, uh, you know, delivering the here's this part, here's this thing that is supposed to do the thing. Whereas if you can, uh, you know, do everything in house, then you can decide, okay, maybe we don't need that part. Right? That's right. Um, and, uh, that can certainly increase your, your efficiency. There's also the notion, right? Like when you're, if you say you have like a hundred companies all optimizing various parts, right? They're all different vendors. When they get their own costs down, they're not automatically giving those costs, the savings to Tesla, right? They're maximizing their own profit. So you have agreed upon prices. They improve the, the ratio of cost and they're making more money. Tesla doesn't see that. Tesla owns the whole thing. All of those efficiencies are right into their bottom line, right? Like that's, that's more savings. So I think there's, you know, the argue, the capitalist argument of, you know, everybody's looking to optimize and it's good to have this, you know, you know, uh, separated groups of individuals trying to do their best work, you know, to save costs. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's good for the individuals. That's not good for the, the guy that wants to buy all of those things. And the, you know, the, the Tesla in this case, um, yeah, I mean that only works if there's uh, another supplier that offers exactly. the same thing cheaper, right? Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> and in a lot of these vertical integrated markets, like there's not that many suppliers that can provide the part, right? There's only one company one. that can make this thing that you need, so there's no real price competition. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so we'll see see how that goes, but. Uh, Exciting stuff. Uh, hopefully, yeah, I, I think the density stuff is really what what they failed to deliver so far in the battery is they failed to show any actual like breakthroughs in it, the tech itself working better. What they've showed a lot of is how much cheaper does can we make our cars? How much money can we save? Which is important, but they haven't actually showed like, yeah, the 4680s are actually better, are performing better than other cells. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where that, where that ends up if they, if they get anywhere. <laughs> oh man. Alrighty. So, uh, I guess minor, this is super quick. Um, te uh, Texas folks. So I know Jones one out there, this will affect you. Uh, a few of you guys, uh, poor guys. Uh, regulars on the show. Uh, Texas, it looks like is passing. So the house passed it. I guess it's gotta be signed by the governor. We won't get into politics, but uh, they're adding a $200 EV registration tax, which I'm just really irritated with. It's complete nonsense um, because we already, we're, you know, we're paying tax on the electricity. 
So that's another way they can get money, right? There's all the the, the taxes on that. But the uh, the roads have tolls and, and stuff like that. Like anyway, it's it's ridiculous. Um, so I'm I'm very irritated if this goes through. Is is this just about revenue or is there something I don't know? Is something I'd be logical about? I feel it. like it's political. Like I feel yeah. like part of it is just you know they want to stick it to the man. Um, well, no, oh, they are the no, man. They want to stick, stick it to the regular to the guy. Yeah, the man is sticking it to it. Yeah, yeah, no, you're sticking it to the tree hugger. What, right wait, what state was it that uh, wanted to uh, outlaw EVs by 2035? Like Montana or something. Montana, <laughs> Wyoming, something. Yeah, like one that. of the one of those. So is it along those lines? Like, okay, you know, uh, let's let's just charge EVs more because you're not I mean, paying your gas tax. And I mean, Tesla's okay. It was Wyoming, yeah, not Montana or, or I don't know, one of those. But um, yeah, I mean, t- <laughs> Tesla's headquarters is here, right? Like we're generating a lot of money for Texas. You would think that they wouldn't want to be getting all upset, you know, like or attacking EVs. Granted, we're also a big oil state. You know, you got all the stuff out of Houston. Um, so it's definitely a, a balance. I think well, it's a mix of, you know, screw the tree huggers, you know, it, 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 and it's, also it's funny, Lewis, that you I guys, mean, you guys got that bill or we'll, and we'll assume it will pass because it probably will. Whereas here in California, you know, 21% of all new car registrations in 2023 were EVs. And yet there's not a bill on the table yet for mm-hmm. any type of additional uh, tax. Although I expect that hammer to fall pretty soon. They'll, 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 they'll find us. <laughs> I think that's a good point, though, because... This is like basically a, just a prejudice, right? I don't know if there's data behind it, but I would imagine Texas is maybe a little bit more conservative in the buying behaviors, think. right? I mean, I don't know what the data is. Maybe yeah. it's like number two behind California. So don't you guys just feel like maybe it's the revenue opportunity, like Doug said, there's now a lot of Teslas on the road, there's others, other EVs. Why not follow suit and do what other states are doing? And levy that tax. Well, I would expect that California had been first in line. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I would think that the percentage of EVs is such that it's, it ends up being not that much money. Hmm. What, what do you What do you think, Lewis? You're 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 in Austin, which probably has the I mean, largest number of Teslas. I definitely see a lot of Teslas here, but it's still nowhere close to California, right? Like California, when you're there, you see they're, Teslas they're everywhere, every they other car, everywhere. right? Like they're just all over the place. I mean, I mean, um. There's a lot of Teslas here, though. Like you won't drive a minute and not see a Tesla. You'll you'll see Teslas all over. Well, my my main concern about it is That's that awesome. you know as we were talking about lower end EVs in the the Bolt and things like that, and it would and an EV ownership is relatively cheap. You know, if if you set aside the car itself being very expensive, uh, if and if you can get cheaper cars, then the, the normal actual cost of operation is pretty low, and it makes sense for lower income people and to then like uh charge them 200 bucks a year for that has nothing to do with how far you're driving how much energy you're using how much wear are you putting on the roads it to me it seems like the worst kind of uh a vehicle fee because it's just it, right. in terms of like fairness like how can we how can we do these things how can we do things <laughs> in a fair <laughs> way and, and this is probably the least fair yeah uh, it could if, be if they wanted way. If they wanted to actually do something similar to with like the equivalent of a gas tax, they could tax electricity <laughs> specifically for charging EVs, right? You could put a tax on the rates at superchargers and public chargers. Oh, and don't give them ideas. Stuff. 
I, I mean, I, I don't want them to do that. I mean, it doesn't affect me. I only charge at home. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> I, I think I think they shouldn't do that. I think it's a lot of you know nonsense. I think this is just a you know stupid money grab. Um, it's just like the states, like what is it like uh Michigan, don't they I think theirs is like eight hundred dollars or something, or like what seriously, the, to register an EV, it's a ridiculous surcharge because they basically have the legacy automakers there, and it was mm. a way to like punish people switching over to Teslas or to get EVs. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's nonsense. I, I think that, I mean, let's put it this way. In Texas, I had to pay sales tax on my car, right? EVs cost more. They got a crap load of sales tax off of me, you know, yeah. like over 10 grand in tax on my, when I bought my car, right? Like that's, that's nuts. So <laughs> do they really need a, and you already have registration, all the other types of things. They have tolls on the road. That's another option, right? If tolls on the road, yeah, if I drive Texas, on it, I'm Texas paying tolls. Texas has a lot of toll roads. So it's yeah. it's kind of crazy that you're like, oh yeah, we're and on top of it, we're going to screw EV owners. Like, come on. Do you do you at least get free access to HOV lanes? Uh, we don't have HOV lanes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we we have we have paid express lanes. So we have express lanes where you pay more money to use them. And I shouldn't say we like Texas. Texas is huge, right? I've been to like you know. 2% of Texas. So, I mean, there might be parts that have HUV lanes, but where I'm at, uh, there's express lanes, but not HUV lanes. Okay. Because um, that's what I get. It's not worth 250 but right. at least you get a little something, you know? Right, right. Yeah. yeah and, and honestly, like the express lanes here, at least in Austin, are really stupid because they're generally one-lane express lanes. So you get one slow jerk, and yeah, it's but... no longer an express lane, right? Like, yeah. I might as well have stayed... So depending on time of day, like if it's rush hour, then yeah, I'll take the express lane because even going slower, it's still better than bumper to bumper. But uh, if like rest of the time, you're almost better off always not being in the express lane that you pay for. Um, so anyway, wow. anyway Texas there, road rant. Oh, over. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a comment that showed up. Mm-hmm. I, I saw about. Uh, can someone put that up? Yeah. Electrified light. Vehicle. There we are. Electrified light vehicles. Is there a chance of further price reduction of Model 3 inventory without reservation is also up on the Tesla website? Well, I got a newsflash for you. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know about a price reduction, but you can get your Model 3 with the full $7,500 credit if you lease it. That's a loophole that's legal right now. And it, I mean, you can buy it and not get your tax reduction, or you can lease it and get the tax reduction. So, Deduction, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a reduction in the price. So okay. <laughs> That's the best we can do for you. Huh. Oh, man. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's good advice. If, you, if you're worried about getting it cheaper. There's some you know, we were talking about the, uh, the prices moving around and they might go up and down and Tesla seems to have no... Yeah, it's a, like it, a yo-yo. It's hard to predict. <laughs> It occurs to me, though, that um, uh, that if you got your car from a dealer, like that would happen, right? Like the dealer would see, you know, how much this car is in demand, and they'll they'll change the amount of that they'll uh, yeah they'll tack yeah. on to that. So we've been sort of insulated from that. I guess this is just more of a direct more of a direct <laughs> way of seeing it, right? Because the the vehicles MSRP uh, w- wouldn't have changed, right, from the dealership, but the dealer will will change what their their uh, their fee is right yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay great thanks <laughs> 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 
<laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, we'll <laughs> okay. So uh, let's see. Only only other thing I'm seeing to talk about here is the the Electrify America power station is improving. So what's what's going on with that? Is there a new cord or something going on there? Yeah. So so what they're doing around me. Okay. Let's back up a second and give a short little history lesson. EA has got a horrible reputation in a lot of places for not working, not delivering the power that's advertised, hard to use. And they're hard to use because they've got these really thick, stiff cords attached to the station. Mm -hmm. And they're liquid cooled, you know, whatever. Um, someone's finally starting to listen. And I've got an EA station not too far from here that they've gone through and they've retrofitted the cords with these new black very flexible, slightly thinner cords than what we had. And it it's it works well enough now that on my i3, I can just plug it in and charge. Whereas before I kind of had to plug it in, hold the cord up and then reach around to try to turn everything on because the, the cord was so heavy, it was deflecting the fender of the car. <laughs> so uh, we'll call that a win. Yeah. And uh, they're Sounds still like too short. They're still really short. Um, okay. You've got to get right up next to the to the charger, and hope you don't hit the little bollards on the process, or you know it's going to be a bad day. So if they so is this just, like a thing they're doing everywhere that you know of, or is this? I don't know. I don't okay. know. I mean, this kind of came out of the blue, and uh, I'm kind of I've got four other stations I'm watching because I I tend to use CCS a lot, so I, I gotcha. kind of circle around and use all these. I'm hoping okay. so. I mean, God knows they could use some good news. There. All right. So let's see. Uh, Mike in the chat asks a question. Let's go to that. So please explain how the tax deductions work. I've had some heated discussions on website. Uh, you have to owe seventy five hundred in tax, right? Um, who wants to tackle this? I mean, the, the answer is sort of, but not, it depends on what you mean by owe. You yeah. You have to have have to pay in for the year seventy five hundred in tax. That doesn't mean at the end of the year when you do your taxes that you have to like it's it's not that part of the owing. Um, so so if you look at like your total tax contribution for the year, the government gets a chunk, right? If you have at least seventy five hundred dollars that you would have paid, you know that you've paid the government either through your You'll normal get paychecks getting it taken out, or you know you. Uh, if you withhold completely, you don't pay anything. And then at the end, yeah, you would, you would get that money back. Um, but, there, but to Mike's, our Mike's uh, <laughs> point, if you lease the car, the dealership is getting the 7,500. Right. You get the so credit you're just getting front. a reduced price of right. 7,500. Right. So if waiting to the end of the year on a lease, you get the credit. You see my air quotes here, the credit upfront as a discount on the price of the car. And then you're technically not getting it for your taxes. You're just getting it on the price of the car that you're leasing. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but anyway, so yes, taxes are complicated and people yeah, talk to your professional to struggle with professional them. tax preparer. But, uh, it, but yes, if you, so basically as long as you make enough money that the government is taking $7,500 from you in the year, at some point you will get that back. You'll get 7,500 back. Or um, you'll get 7,500 off what you owe. Or you'll get 70. Yeah. Either way. Right. Uh, and if and if you owe that kind of money back at the end of the year, <laughs> then you hopefully have an accountant or a tax professional, or you're doing something. Um, 
Yeah, it's not okay. So that's the thing. Okay, so Mike's asking. He says it used to be reduce your AGI, adjusted gross income. Anyway, um, like you did. Yeah, it's not a tax. It's not a reduction to your taxable income. It is actually seventy five hundred dollars that the government is not giving you, <laughs> or not taking from you. I should say. So yeah, that's that's the difference. Just, 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 just for the record, Lewis is not a tax professional, nor does yeah, he play yeah, I, on the TV. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> so so I, I do, I have done taxes for years. I do taxes all the time, but I am not a CPA. So you know, go talk to your CPA. Right. This, advice, also, I don't, this advice I don't think is worth help. what you paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it will help ending the arguments on the website either. And, and, it, and it won't help. Yeah, Probably it not. will not help ending arguments on the internet. Um, so anyway. So, uh, cool. I think we've covered all the topics that we were going to cover. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Seb, welcome. It's great having you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We need, we need <laughs> that. We need that counterbalance, that pro Tesla voice. Um, yeah. we're Last not half anti-Tesla. Tesla. I know. I know we're not anti-Tesla, but a lot of people think that we are. Well, so it's, it's like. It's because we say how it is. Yeah. We're not fanboys. We're, we're, we're pro Tesla consumer. Yeah, we're pro the consumer, yeah. uh, and uh, if that if that looks, it's not anti-Tesla. <laughs> it might look that way just because we actually want the consumer to get the fair shake, shake and uh, you know we want service to be better. That's not <laughs> what, what FSD to work. Yeah. yeah. So these these are valid uh, criticisms, and we want everybody to have a, a better uh, you know a better outcome. But we all love our Teslas and continue yep. to buy their products and well, the will fact, likely still do so. Well, in the, the fact future. I bought a second one says a lot. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you crazy, crazy man. All right. Um, <laughs> three kids. What is that? I don't even know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you do that. Um, anyway, that's that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so as always, uh, you know, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us. Thanks for the questions, comments and your support. Um, if you like the show, feel free to like and subscribe, uh, hit the bell, do all those youtube things. Um, you can go over to teslamotorsclub.com and become a supporting member. Um, that always that helps the website, which in turn helps the podcast. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, this was episode 40. We've got 40 of them in the can. <laughs> They're only getting they used better. To say, and they're yeah. only getting worse. Have you seen how terrible, you know, oh, Doug smacked his mic like now. five times. We have said we, we've upped it's our true. game. I toggled <laughs> my hand and it's not my normal microphone. Yeah. It's right yeah. there. <laughs> whack, 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 whack. It's almost like we've been not been doing this before. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so as always, well, that's a wrap. Thanks, thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.